Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Hello, Marketeers. Today, I have on Ida Chainman from Substance 151 to talk about how marketers, specifically AEC marketers, need to rebrand their roles. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marketeers, for joining us. Today, I have on Ida Chainman. She is the Principal and Creative Director of Substance 151 a brand strategy, design, and digital firm with a niche focus on the AEC industry. Welcome, Ida. Thank you, Colleen. How are you? I'm doing well. So first to start off, how did you get started in this industry? What's your story? Well, both of my degrees, undergraduate and graduate, are in graphic design. And I've always been on the agency side, never worked in-house, actually. And throughout my career as a brand strategist and designer, I always preferred working with B2B and professional services companies rather than consumer brands, creating brands and brand relationships that take time to develop and nurture. It requires longer term thinking, more thoughtful strategies, at least that's how I feel. And you need those longer term strategies to earn trust and loyalty. And this always seemed much more attractive to me. And then somewhere around 2003, I was doing research for my graduate thesis that involved exploring complex brand ecosystems, think branding for global conglomerates. And it's a graduate thesis, right? So it doesn't have to be completely realistic. And the idea was that we need to develop brand identities and systems that are flexible, responsive, and agile so that they can respond and adapt to the constantly evolving environment within and outside of organizations. And the term I used to frame my thinking was sustainable design systems based on the actual dictionary definition of sustainable. Mm -hmm. So of course, when I Googled sustainable design in 2003, I got about 20 pages of content from the US Green Building Council about environmental sustainability and buildings role in creating that positive change. And I get very easily sidetracked. So I spent the next few months learning <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah, forget the, the graduate thesis, right? Let's <laughs> learn all <laughs> there is to learn about environmental responsibility, social impact, and the triple bottom line. I eventually did manage to get back to my thesis. And when I finished grad school and started my branding firm, Substance 151, which I did during my last semester of the grad school, I was very interested in incorporating environmental and social impact in our work process, work product, and operations. Uh, we're actually incorporated as a benefit LLC under the Maryland Benefit Corporation law. And this also brought me to the Maryland chapter of USGBC, where I eventually served on the board of directors, then ULI Baltimore, where I served on the executive committee, then AIA, 
and a couple of other industry organizations. And then someone mentioned SMPS. Mm-hmm. So sometime in 2008 or just around there, I went to an SMPS networking event here in Baltimore, met many nice people, some of whom are now not only our clients, but my personal friends. So next thing I know, I'm chairing the SMPS Maryland Education Committee, then I'm on the board, fast forward to chapter president, and as they say, the rest is history. And Substance 151 has become very highly specialized in the built environment. We still do work with technology and other professional services companies, as well as nonprofits, which is by design. And I believe it keeps our ideas and creative work fresh, but AC has definitely become our main focus area. Perfect. Just hearing your history, I now understand why we're having this conversation (laughs) about rebranding the role of AEC marketers. So why do you think our role as AEC marketers needs to change? First, I want to acknowledge that it's very hard to think about 2020 as a year Mm -hmm. of positive change. It's been extremely trying and heartbreaking on so many levels for so many people and companies. But as we're trying to settle into these new routines and realities of our lives, we need to think forward and we need to think about what's next for AC marketing and marketers. And especially at this moment in time when everyone is knee deep into 2020 planning, it's worth to consider marketing trends and opportunities that will shape our work in the next probably 12 to 18 months. If we look at the top priorities of today's business leaders across all different industries, and we think about what they see essential for driving future growth for their companies, customer and employee experience, digital transformation, brand and culture, marketing is at the center of all of those things, or at least it should be. So to capitalize on new opportunities, AC firms need a strong strategic marketing function. And whether it's trying to make lemonade out of lemons or searching for silver linings, but for marketing and marketers, there are some positives in this year's events. One thing I think is that the pandemic has made many AC firms see the value of marketing as the driving force behind those necessary changes that we all had to make in how we do business, operate our firms, market our firms. As business leaders realize more and more just how important their firm's digital footprint is, they have to rely on marketing teams to lead the way in making their firms competitive in this new, brave, fully digital world. And there is no better way for marketing to secure a seat at the strategic table than by taking charge of guiding your firm into the future. When your firm's seller doers and BD teams can't go anywhere, your website, email, and social media marketing, LinkedIn, and virtual interviews They all have become 
more than simply you know, a set of marketing tools, but they're really communication lifelines. And it made marketing teams with their know-how of managing those channels even more critical to all firms. And I do realize that it also made marketers even more overwhelmed and overworked. But this is the opportunity for marketing to be at the center of what matters to your firm. Today's competitive advantage and future growth. And it's interesting somewhere between we, you know, you and I last talked about just general themes for this podcast. And now I was listening in on a session, one of those, you know, popular sessions today about marketing and BD in the current environment. And it was an AC audience, but not a marketing audience, probably mostly small business, small AC firm owners, maybe some technical staff. And the presenter asked, if anyone knew what MarTech was, zero response. She sounded it out, marketing technology, still crickets. Your firms need you. It's an opportunity to stop doing work you don't wanna do and start doing meaningful work that matters. Work that creates measurable value for your firm and the marketing function within the firm. Leveraging this opportunity really not only earns marketing a seat at the strategic table at your firm, but it future-proofs marketing jobs. Right. So then how are we, or do you think, should we be rebranding the role of AEC marketers? Is that more leaning now towards MarTech? So first of all, I love this question and the idea of rebranding marketing. <laughs> um, you know, a, a brand consultant in me just got very excited about this. <laughs> I do think that it's, you know, marketing technology is obviously very important. And I think we have a lot of catching up to do, but those are the tools. Right. And I think one of the primary challenges for professional services marketing is that in many firms, marketing's role is often seen as a production department, right? Executors of things, as opposed to strategic partners and leaders. In-house marketing needs to redefine its role and change perceptions. It absolutely needs a rebrand because, you know, rebrand is about changing perceptions. And as with any rebrand, first, you must develop a better understanding of your audiences, what matters to them, what motivates them, what solves their problems, achieves their goals, and advances their personal agendas. So get in the heads of your executive leadership and your technical teams. Then you need to define the brand, purpose, promise, and value proposition. And you need to do this in very concrete terms that are meaningful and relevant to your firm's leadership. Just like how you would approach defining your firm's brand for its clients, right? AC marketing should redefine its value proposition. What are the tangible outcomes of strategic marketing to your firm. And then it should guide really how you position your function within the firm. One of the things that we had talked about before was 
this idea of pulling B2C, which is business to consumer marketing into the business to business marketing. And we've seen it a little bit more often now. What do you think is driving that? This has been one of my favorite topics for many years. I've been studying it, speaking it, (laughs) writing about it. And I think when you have such a highly specialized industry, and so Substance 151 and, and I personally, we, you know, we do the majority of our work, or at least a lot of our work with the AC industry, but we consider ourselves as part of branding and marketing industry, mm-hmm. which I think is a little bit broader. And even though they're very strong camps of B2B and B2C, I think traditionally there has been much more overlap. But when you have such a highly specialized industry, such as AC, with this level of specialization comes a very siloed approach to marketing thinking. Mm-hmm. There's this tendency to dismiss trends that dominate other industries by thinking that, well, this does not apply to us. We're very different. Instead of trying to see how those things could apply. But one of the main drivers of customer disruption in the professional services space and AC included is changing B2B customer expectations. And I know some of your listeners have spent their entire careers building differentiation as B2B professional services marketers. But here we are. And think about it. We're all consumers in our personal lives. We don't check that at the door when we come to the office. Professional services buyers are people. The same people who get tailored, fully personalized, remarkable experiences when buying a $50 product on Amazon. Why shouldn't they expect the same when looking for a firm to work on their multi-million dollar project? The Amazon effect is real meaning that leading consumer companies such as Amazon, Apple, and Zappos have set expectations bar extremely high. And they paved the way for similar expectations for the B2B experience. And so AC marketers need to stop focusing on the differences between B2B and B2C and start focusing on what their customers want and expect. There is a prediction, and I think you and I talked about it a little bit, about how the thought is that the term B2B marketer will be obsolete pretty soon. Mm. The theory is that B2B and B2C will be so much alike that there won't be any need to differentiate. We'll all be just marketers. Of course, it's a prediction, so we'll take it with a grain of salt and watch and see what happens. But the boundaries between B and C are getting more and more blurry. And AC customers are acting more and more like consumers every day. So AC marketers and AC firms need to rethink how they strategize and what programs they develop from brand building to lead generation to digital marketing. 
and much more. And we've been in this hyper-connected world with very blurry boundaries for a long time. And I think 2020 blurred it even more, right? We got invited into our clients' homes and our colleagues' homes. And besides that, just if you think about our personal experiences of shopping, entertainment, getting around, having access to information, it changed our expectations of our service providers. And then, you know, of course, the generational shift, we can't talk about emerging B2B consumer without looking at how uh, millennials who are assuming executive roles in your clients' organizations, and then Gen Z is right behind entering the workforce. And so this affects how AC firms need to shift their marketing and business development approaches to cater to those generations' mindset and purchasing preferences. And it's not just millennials and, and Gen Z. There is this term Gen C where the C stands for connected. And unlike traditional generations, Gen C is age agnostic. It's really about that connectivity and blurriness of the lines. It's about the lifestyle. It's about our expectations. It's about who we all are becoming regardless of the industry we're in. And if we think about where marketing creates value, even forget B2B or B2C, it's really where we're able to offer very tailored experiences to very specific needs of our individual customers. And customer brands are good at that. They have learned to recognize the signs when someone is looking for a particular product or service. They can quickly determine the problem their customers need to solve and figure out what will solve those problems. And they do it in real time. So that Amazon's, you know, you may also like, and then it throws at you a bunch of other things that are somewhat related to the searches you're doing. But, and that is actually, you know, you asked about MarTech, you brought up the point that, you know, the role it plays, and it's definitely, you can't do this type of tailoring without having meaningful customer data and employing segmentation, personalization, and predictive strategies and technologies. So all the things that marketers need to understand, embrace, and learn to incorporate in their marketing. Yeah. So then what do you see as the action items for a marketer to make this happen and shift their role? There are so many, but (laughs) you (laughs) you have to start somewhere. We talked earlier about developing the deeper understanding of your internal audiences, your executives and technical staff. It's also about understanding how your firm's business processes and models, what they are and and how your firm operates. Start thinking about this, not only from the marketing or business development perspective, but also the operational side. And I think this doesn't matter what your role is within your firm, whether you're on the proposals or corporate communications, whether you are 
early in your career or mid-management or even higher up. What skills, capabilities, and technologies do you need to deliver on that redefined marketing's value proposition? Build partnerships with your COO and CFO. They manage the operational side and firm's finances. You need to understand your firm's business vision, goals, and priorities. What is a company you all are trying to achieve? The more you understand your firm's goals and your leadership's pain points, the more effective you can be as a marketer and the more prepared you are to have those meaningful conversations with them. And be proactive. Make a case internally for your ideas and for for the marketing's role. And it's not, again, it's not that different from when you're pitching your external clients. Yeah. Right? So what matters to your firm's leadership? What resonates with them? What drives them? You need to learn how to speak their language. It may not always be easy to pitch new marketing ideas to convince your firm of the value of a strong brand, strategic marketing, and great design, all these things that we care about. So you need to find a way to have ongoing conversations with your leaders. Don't wait you know, until it's the review time or even worse, the proposal deadline time. Right. <laughs> not really a good time to have those conversations. But I think it, it's also important to show passion for what you do and your depth of knowledge. We tend to feel that marketing is a profession. It's a discipline. We went to school for maybe not AC marketing, but we have knowledge and background to be experts in our field, just like you know, technical professionals are expert in theirs. And passion for your profession is very relatable and connecting. Technical and business people may not understand marketing, but they do understand being passionate about what you do. They're the same way in their respective disciplines. So I think when you shift that conversation, you really do have the power to affect your firm's attitude towards marketing and and it's not just the numbers and ROI that will get you there, although the numbers really do help. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah right? You know, and that's, you know, to have that business conversation. But I think showing your understanding of the business side is important. And you have to tie your ideas to business goal and performance. And depending on your role in the firm, you might not be pitching to your CEO, you may be pitching your ideas to your CMO or a marketing manager, which might not require you to work as hard on convincing them that marketing matters. But you still need to understand their goals, their needs and personal agendas, and help provide ammunition for pitching your ideas further up the chain. Because your marketing manager is not going to put their reputation on the line unless they understand your idea and its benefit. And they really do believe that this is something that the firm should consider. And finally, 
where do we get all these awesome ideas that we can pitch and incorporate in our daily responsibilities as well as in forwarding our firm's marketing mission? You can't stop learning. And I really do believe that it's everyone's individual responsibility to stay current and to learn whatever it is that people need to know to do their job better and to help their firms grow. I strongly encourage you to look outside the AC industry for inspiration. And there are wonderful programs and there is a lot of great content at your, you know, with SMPS and other AC organizations at the chapter level, regional, national, but there are also so many marketing books, blogs, podcasts, and conferences that provide greater exposure to the big world of all marketing. You have to look beyond the familiar beyond traditional AC marketing and what other firms in the industry are doing. We tend to use the term best practices a lot. Yeah. And right. We all do that. There is nothing wrong with that. It is definitely, you know, it's always easier to learn on somebody else's mistakes, but Best practices is about looking at what other firms are doing and essentially copying your competitors or industry leaders. I much prefer next practices. This is more about looking at emerging trends and what's been successful in other industries. But you must be able to apply critical thinking to those ideas and translate them, making these seemingly unrelated trends relevant and relevant not just to the AC industry, but also specifically to your firm, its goals, culture, and yes, its marketing budget. There could be great big ideas, but there is a point when you filter those ideas, you have to be practical, you have to be realistic, you have to plan for what's achievable. Right. I love all of this. My mind is just swirling with ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where should I direct them? I am on LinkedIn, and um, please feel free to reach out and connect. Our company website is substance151.com, and we have a blog full of articles and some e-guides and other helpful resources. You can sign up to receive that conveniently to your inbox or just browse what's online. And thank you. You had great questions, really loved all of them. And thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed this conversation. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to Ida as much as I enjoyed our conversation. As a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.